Arsenal come out on top at Anfield. Bern Leno was the hero as Arsenal squeezed through to the quarterfinals of this season's Carabao Cup. We'll be looking back on that game. We'll be taking your comments and your questions on another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna. Hello, good morning and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you guys by Manscaped.com. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and I'm delighted to be doing this one off the back of a win at Anfield. Now, I know we didn't win in 90 minutes, but we won. We're through. We are through Liverpool aren't. So it's an Arsenal victory at Anfield in my eyes. Um, lots to d- discuss following the game. Um, not the not the greatest... Uh, Spectacle, I'll probably say. Um, bit of a drab watch in the end. Um, but look, when the result is is a positive one in Arsenal's favour, then I guess you just take it. You just move on. Um, I want to say a big hello to everybody who's joining us in the live chat at the moment because it is really, really early on this Friday morning. But again, I've got a mad day lined up with work. So wanted to get this out as soon as possible so that you guys can listen to it, watch it back throughout the day. Let me know your thoughts in the comments. And then we're going to be back later on with our transfer update show. Of course, the transfer deadline is fast approaching. So there is lots to discuss there. There's lots to panic about as well, uh, which as Arsenal fans, we do best, don't we? Um, Let's say a big hello to a few of you in the chat. A big hello to Omar, to Graham, to Keir, to Ramit, to Dennis, uh, to Sam, to Robin, to Book, to Bradley, to Callum, uh, to Arson Who, uh, Femi, uh, Guna Craig Podcast, uh, Amog, um, yeah, big hello to every single one of you. Welcome uh, to the live stream. Let's start off by discussing the team that Mikel Arteta went with. Now, I picked a slightly different team prior to the game. My team included Reese Nelson, um, and it didn't include Granite Xhaka. Uh, but the rest of it was uh, was pretty much spot on. So it was just a couple of players that were wrong. Um, he went with Bern Leno in goal. It was a back three of Kalasinac, Gabriel holding with Saka kind of playing that left wing back role. Cedric on the right, Xhaka uh, and Ceballos. To my surprise, actually, because I think that they would have been the pair. Well, they probably still will be the pair that are going to start against Sheffield United in the Premier League. So I was actually surprised to see Granit Xhaka in there, especially given that he played. All right. I know he came off after about 70 minutes, but he did start in the game on Monday night. Um, so, yeah. That was the side. Uh, Pepe, interestingly, started from the left-hand side. And I've spoken a lot about the fact that it might be worthwhile taking a look at Nicolas Pepe on that side, where it is his strongest side. You're going to see him play a very different game in terms of going on the outside of people as opposed to always drifting inside and always being so predictable. So that was interesting. Enketia up top and Willett played um, slightly from the right. The thing is, this Arsenal system, It is very fluid and we talk about it near enough on every show at the moment. But it is worth just highlighting the kind of different shapes that this side took up. And then we'll come on to discuss some individual performances. Now, when we played against Liverpool on um, Monday night, Liverpool, they, they, what they did was they basically 
they, they really targeted us on our left-hand side. They knew that Aubameyang wasn't going to come back and do work that night. Um, they knew that we're a little bit questionable on that side. And by having that extra man in the midfield on Monday, they were able to say to Naby Keita, and as I touched on this on the um, on the review show, so you can go back and check that out. But Naby Keita kept drifting into these areas on the right-hand side um, and really causing problems and adding that extra body. And it felt very much like Mikel Arteta picked up on that, worked it out. And of course, Mo Salah, as we told you in the preview show or in the pre-game live, Mo Salah did start for Liverpool on their right. So we knew that Liverpool were going to be strong in that position again. And I felt that what was probably the biggest positive from this one was the way Mikel Arteta adapted to that. And he did adapt to that. Now, of course, when we see Arsenal in possession, we normally see this now with this uh, with this system. We normally see Saka push on, sometimes joining in in the midfield, sometimes on the left-hand side. And you see Kalasinac shift over to left-back and you see the whole team move into this kind of shape and you end up with a back four and it becomes a bit of a 4-3-3. But it's important to note, this is not a normal 4-3-3. It wasn't last night anyway. It was a... Um, it was basically a 4-3-3, but that was lopsided. So the left-hand side um, was a lot stronger. Uh, the left-hand side was packed with an extra body in Pakayo Saka when Arsenal had the ball. But equally, when we didn't have the ball, it very much shifted back into this. And that played a massive part in why Arsenal were able to, to contain Liverpool. Now, of course, we were lucky at certain points in the game. Um, you know, it... it Liverpool had the majority of the chances. Liverpool had the majority of the ball. Liverpool had the majority of the play. But um, this this newfound ability that Arsenal have to be able to hold in, hold on, and and stay in games is massive, and stands us in really, really good stead uh, moving forward. Now, yeah, there's an element of luck to it. Um, there's an element of needing your individuals to perform. Uh, Bert Leno, in particular, we'll come on to him in a minute, though. Um, and it's just really encouraging to see Arsenal showing that steely mentality that you just don't associate with Arsenal. And I was listening to um, a friend of mine's show last night. He's a Liverpool fan. And he was talking about the fact that you just don't associate these qualities with Arsenal. And all of a sudden they are there and they've added to our sort of armoury and it's improved us incredibly. So, yeah, um, you know. It's always it's always good to, to point out those sort of tactical nuances and the way that Mikel Arteta goes about his business in order to close the gap in quality between the two sides. And that system, which is so flexible, so fluid, certainly helps us in that department. Let's move on um, to some individual performances. And we're going to start with the man of the hour, the main man, the man of the match, without doubt. And that is Bern Leno. He was phenomenal last night he pulled off some wonderful saves a couple of saves in the penalty shootout as well which was of course decisive in the end and he's he's very deserving of the praise that he's received off the back of this game now in the first half there was a there was one particular moment where a ball came over into sort of our our right of the penalty area and there was a header directed back towards the far corner and Bern Leno pulled off a save left-handed sort of pushed it out and it fell to Takumi Minamino and he just smashed the ball against the crossbar. The closest Liverpool came to scoring. We were extremely fortunate to escape that, um, you know, that that particular moment unscathed. And I put a tweet out 
Um, and I'll, I'll share the tweet with you guys because I got quite a lot of stick for the tweet, um, which is not a problem. You know, I'm used to it. When you're in this um, this line of work, that's what happens. You know, people disagree with your opinion and that's absolutely fine. Um, they're more than entitled to do that. But I just want to share this tweet with you um, that I put out. Uh, where is it? Here we go. Um, here we go. So the tweet was... Um, I'll take some stick for this, but Leno can't be palming that ball into the path of an onrushing attacker. Save looked better than it was. The header lacked power and the Liverpool's body shape made it clear where he was going before he even made contact with it. Completely agree with that. I, I, I haven't, I, again, I, of course I completely agree. I said it. I mean, my opinion has not changed on that, on that particular moment. That doesn't mean that I can't praise Burn Leno later on, which I did. I, 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 Gave him tons of praise after that second half display where he made a number of really, really important saves. But I do just want to touch on that because I did feel like that is one of the things that Bern Leno lets himself down with when he parries balls into dangerous areas. And with that particular header, you know, everyone was like, wow, what a save, what a save. But actually, the ball came over slowly. The, the player telegraphed where he was going to put it. And for me, Bern Leno has the time, a top, top level goalkeeper has the time to read that and dive over and push it into a non-dangerous area. Again, that's not to say he doesn't deserve credit for his second half display because he actually, do, uh, sorry, absolutely does. He was fantastic in that second period. Um, but I took a little bit of stick for that and I got a, a few DMs as well from people telling me that I'm, in, you know, I'm, I'm stirring the pot, whatever. Don't agree with that whatsoever. It's, it's an opinion on a particular moment, a particular incident in the game, which I think is absolutely fair. Um, but anyway, of course, Berlino, after the game, he, he he gave an interview, didn't he? And he, he made it clear that he's been told, he's been made to feel as though he is absolutely Arsenal's number one. Um, and you can understand why Emmy Martinez then probably would have wanted the move away. Um, you know, if you don't have a chance of becoming the number one. And it's clear that maybe Emmy Martinez didn't get based on what sort of Berliner had to say, then you can understand why not only the club felt it was worthwhile cashing in on him at the end of the day, he's not your number one, but also why Emmy Martinez probably wanted to go elsewhere in order to be guaranteed that first team football. So yeah, um, understandable, isn't it? Um, moving on to some other performances uh, um, in the team. Um, Holding did all right. A um, couple of dodgy moments, again, always seems to be the case with Rob Holding, but I didn't think he had a bad game necessarily. Um, Gabriel looked pretty solid to me. Um, I thought he had another decent game, but, you know, it's going to take time, isn't it, for him to for him to develop, for him to improve, uh, for him to really, really find his feet. But what we've seen of Gabriel early doors is, is really positive. Um, Ser Kalasinac. Now, look, I'm not Ser Kalasinac's biggest fan. I think he is a limited footballer. But I also remember that the guy is not centre-back. And we're asking him to play at left centre-back constantly. Pretty much every time he plays now. I feel like he's become a bit of a... He's become the new Granite Xhaka in the sense of everything is his fault. Everything is his fault. He's crap. He's useless. He's no good. He's this, he's that. End of the day, I didn't think he was that bad last night. I didn't think he was particularly good. Um, I didn't think he was 
he, he didn't fill me with any confidence at any point in the game, but he wasn't as bad as some people, in my view, are making him out to be on social media. So I just wanted to make that point because I hate that. It's this thing with Arsenal fans where we have these agendas against certain players and once they kind of cross that line, there's no going back for them. They'll never be um, judged fairly. And again, whilst I reiterate the point, I didn't think Sarah Kolasinac was particularly good. I, I don't think he is... Um, I don't think he was as bad as people made him out yesterday. Saka, for me, worked really hard, um, did really well to kind of play that hybrid role. Um, but his touch let him down on a couple of key moments last night. Felt a little bit sorry for him. Um, suffered with cramp towards the end and have him just been called up for England. Maybe the occasion was too much for him. Uh, maybe the excitement was too much. But I felt like Arsenal didn't really utilise the attacking players in the way we could have purely because we couldn't get um, we couldn't get up the field enough. So, um, yeah, not his greatest display, but by no means a bad one either. Cedric, solid, exactly what he says on the tin, does all right. Um, got forward on a couple of occasions, felt he could have probably used the ball better uh, in a couple of those incidents. Uh, Ceballos and Xhaka, you know what you're going to get from them. Um, I thought they did OK, um, you know. A lot of people were moaning about Xhaka picking up a yellow card again. But at the end of the day, sometimes as a central midfield player, you, you are exposed. Um, you worry about um, you worry about letting people get through straight onto your defence. And I don't have an issue with him picking up yellow cards if it's for the greater good of the team. Uh, Joe Willock, I thought, was completely anonymous. I think he was arguably Arsenal's worst player on the pitch. Um, him alongside Eddie Nketiah, who I thought offered absolutely nothing as well. I thought the pair were out of their depth last night. They didn't perform. It's not to say I'm going to sit here and slate them moving forward. But on the night, on this particular occasion, neither of the two were good enough. And I feel like we really lacked that cutting edge up front as a result. We did create some overloads. We did suck Liverpool in, who just are so relentless in their press and you know when you see their second team doing that you got to think my god how much has Jurgen Klopp embedded this in the club is part of the culture at Liverpool now because he changed everyone bar two players yet the pressing was just as relentless just as effective um, just as organized it was brilliant um, real real treat to watch as an as a football fan but the fact that we did beat that press on a couple of occasions and it was just a couple of occasions means that you've got to then go and take those opportunities and we didn't and Enketia and Willock played a massive part for me in Arsenal not having that cutting edge Nicolas Pepe I thought he did all right at the beginning of the game for a little bit but again underwhelming performance and I know the pressure is is very much on Nicolas Pepe um, as a result of that transfer fee but he just didn't look up to it again for me last night. He looked off the boil. Um, and what really worries me about Pepe is that, you know, sometimes you can see players trying too hard. You can see players working relentlessly, tirelessly to, to get up to a certain level when things are just not going their way. But with Nicolas Pepe, I don't see that fight. I don't see that desire. I, I, I don't know. I'm not really sure what's going on. What's going on there, if I'm completely honest. But He's definitely out of sorts at the minute. And, um, you know, we need to turn that around as soon as possible. We really, really do. Um, right. Uh, that brings me to the end of kind of the player ratings. Obviously, uh, the game went to a penalty shootout. Um, Arsenal really good from the spot. Moel Nenny came on as a sub and his penalty was 
was quite frankly pants. Um, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, my lord, that guy. <laughs> Ainsley Maitland-Niles just has this incredible coolness when it comes to those kind of situations. And I've got to be honest, man, when he stepped up to take that, I was like, what are you doing? Genuinely, like, I, I that run-up was just everything I don't want to see in a run-up. <laughs> that was it. Slow, um, you know, and it just adds to the agony, doesn't it, of it taking so, so long. There's a couple of other bits and pieces that um, that I want to discuss because uh, they, they've been quite big talking points, um, you know, in regards to sort of Mikel Arteta's selections. And we, we keep talking about the players that are due to be leaving the club. And we understand now very much why those guys are not involved. Um, but I wanted to draw your attention to the subject of William Saliba because there's been a lot going on. What is going on with him? Why is he not included in the squad? And Mikel Arteta responded to that in the press conference after. He was asked why the French defender was not included. And he said he had a year last year where Arsenal loaned him to St Etienne. And that was a transition year for him. For many reasons, that wasn't the transition year that he needed because he had a lot of injuries, some personal injuries. And also with COVID and the French league getting cancelled, he didn't have that year. He needs that year of transition and we're trying to make the decisions for him to give him the best transitional year for him to have the for him to be the player we want in the future. Now, I don't know if it's true, but there there are kind of rumours and stories floating about that William Saliba lost his mother um, during last season. And if you are 18 years old, that has got to be a massive blow. Um, and it's always a massive blow. It doesn't matter if you're five, if you're 50, if you're 60, you know, losing losing a loved one is always tough, in particular a mother. But when you think about an 18-year-old lad with the pressure that he's got on him as it is, um, being a footballer, you know, being worth X amount of money, that's really got to take his toll. And I think that we've got to we've got to understand that, we've got to accept that. I'll be honest, I didn't know that. Um, and when sort of we played Leicester last week, I did say, you know, if he can't get into this team, what did we pay all that money for him? But this is the thing, isn't it, about communication? And I'm glad that that's been communicated now because we understand what's really gone on. You can be more sympathetic towards the player and you can be more understanding of the circumstances and of the situation. So um, I'm glad that if it is true that that information has come to light because it is... Um, it is something that would make a massive, massive difference to someone so young making their way in the game. It's a massive setback. Plus what Mikel Arteta said with the COVID thing, the fact that he was injured a lot as well. I think Arsenal fans, maybe we got a little bit carried away with William Saliba thinking that he was going to come straight back into the team. I think that the reality and the truth is that if um, William Saliba was ready and was part of the the, the planned, you know, set up and, and was muddled up my words. If Mikel Arteta really thought that, that William Saliba was ready 100% to be a starter in this Arsenal side going into this season, he wouldn't have signed Gabriel, in my opinion. Given the number of central defenders that we currently have on our books, it, you know, when you look back at it, it is, um, it, it makes sense, doesn't it? 
In other news regarding Saliba, it looks like he could be on his way out on loan, but we're going to touch on that on the transfer update show later on. So I'll give you my extended thoughts on that. I'm not going to go into that now. Um, get your comments in, get your questions in regarding the game uh, itself. Of course, Arsenal progressed through to the Carabao Cup quarterfinals where we'll be facing Manchester City. And it's like, my God, how is your luck? You get through, you get Manchester City. We've already been to Leicester. We've already been to Liverpool. How is your luck? <coughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah, is what it is. Uh, we, we go again. We go again. Let's uh, have some of your comments and have some of your uh, questions in the live chat. Get them in there now. Probably a good time for me to quickly remind you guys that this podcast is sponsored by Manscaped.com. So if you want your gentlemanly regions to look as neat, as tidy, uh, hopefully not as green as the Emirates Stadium pitch, then head over to Manscaped.com. Uh, enter the discount code, which is Chronicles AFC, all in capitals. You'll see it rolling across your screen now for those of you watching us on YouTube. And uh, you'll be able to get 20% off plus free shipping. Right, let's go over to some of you guys' comments. And I put a post on YouTube community last night. So I'm just going to go to that first uh, because I haven't actually had a look at those comments yet. So I'm just going to pick a couple of bits and pieces out at random. If you don't already, check out the community tab because we're posting a lot of stuff there lately. Um, and it, it's brilliant. I really like the feature. I didn't even know about it until a couple of weeks ago. Um, Graham says, great to have come out as winners. We were second best by a mile, but gave 100%. We can stop talking about Leno now. He made some great saves. But I couldn't help thinking during the game that Enketia and Willock just aren't up to top-level football. I'm also amazed we gave Cedric a four-year contract. Apart from being injured all the time, he is bang average. Gabriel looked excellent, so that's very encouraging. We played out from the back a lot better last night. Not perfect, but a lot better. And here was the most shocking event of the night. AMN has teeth. It's the first time that I've seen him smile. What a pen. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, big hello to Arsene Hu, who stayed up uh, after his night shift to join us this morning. Um, Zeus Gaming asks, does that mean that Arteta is planning to use 4-3-3 more regularly? I don't think he'll ever go completely to a 4-3-3 until he's got the complete team that he wants. I feel like at the moment, this kind of hybrid back three, which turns into a back four, is, is the way to go. And it's what works. Um, Matt Gray, in regards to Berlino, he says, uh, my number one. Um, so Berlino, uh, it's good to see Berlino getting that support because there have been question marks about him. Me too, uh, from me as well, me included. Um, I've not always been sure about Berlino. And I still, uh, you know, I really like Berlino as a shot stopper, but I still, I, I'm not going to just because of last night's it, it, performance dismiss the fact that there are some shortcomings um, with regards to his sort of, his overall game in terms of his dominance, his distribution, etc. So, look, let's take it for what it is. It was a good Bern Leno performance. He deserves the praise for that. But it's not completely unfair. And I don't think people should get abuse when they say that they're not sure about him still. Uh, what else have we got here? Uh, Arsenic Gunner says, Pepe, stick or twist? Oh, man, it's so hard, isn't it? Because you want him to succeed. You want him to succeed. And you've seen glimpses of what the guy can do you've seen you know the guy put balls into the top corner from the edge of the penalty area you've seen him dribble past players with ease the ability is there not quite sure what is missing at the moment I'd stick for now because we're not going to get the money that we spent for him um, so I'd stick for now I'd give him a little bit longer but it, it is a bit of a concern at this moment in time I've got to be honest um, 
Alan Damien says that great performance by Leno. Um, Guna Craig with a good question. I'm gonna I'm gonna come uh, I'm gonna answer this one. I think it's gonna be our last one uh, before we jump off. Uh, he says I'm far from negative, but do you think there's part of our fan base trying to be over positive? Feels like you can't criticize anyone recently. Yeah, I, I think there's an element of that. Um, I think there's always an element of that because of how divided Arsenal fans were over the last couple of managers. So there was obviously a massive division regarding Arsene Wenger for some years. There was a massive division in the end about Unai Emery as well. And so when people... When people, um, you know, form their opinions on, on something new, they often allow previous to get in the way and previous to have an impact. And that certainly seems to be the case here. There's this reluctance to criticise Mikel Arteta from some people. Um, I say that, but I also think a lot of the praise is justified as well. And, and you know, we've got to be mindful of that. It's the, the team have improved. Maybe not, they're not anywhere near the final destination yet in terms of our overall game. But we have improved as a football team. We are harder to beat. Those are positives. And when you look at how bad we were prior to him coming in, I think you've got to be positive to a degree, but you've also got to understand that there will be bumps in the road and it's not wrong to criticise certain performances, to criticise certain decisions, to criticise certain individuals' performances as well. There's nothing wrong with doing that, in my opinion. Um, as fans, we are all entitled to our view and um, we shouldn't be made to feel like we can't give it. Right, um, just to round off, going to uh, wish Omar safe travels. All the best, mate. Have a safe journey. I uh, hope you get back safe and sound. Uh, a big thank you to everyone else who has joined us in the live chat. Uh, hit the like button if you haven't already. Uh, smash it in three, two, one. Oh, not the middle finger like I hope. There you go. Smash the uh, smash the, the like button. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. And we'll be back later on today with another edition of the Transfer Update Show. And that is where shit is going to get serious. Because, of course, time is running out. There's lots of panic. And there are lots and lots of rumours doing the rounds again today. So join us a little bit later on this afternoon, around about 4.30pm uh, for that one. Until then, take care. Ciao.